Hello, amazing Fruit Loops, and welcome back to the Queerios, the podcast where we strive to educate everyone about LGBTQ issues and common things in the community, along with uncommon things. Everything is important. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about lesser known identities, because there's a lot of those. Now, just a heads up, we won't be covering all of them, because there are a lot of them. But there are some, like, semi-common ones that a lot of people don't talk about, or really know about. So, um, one thing I would like to say is, uh, since there are a lot of lesser-known identities that aren't just in the acronym LGBTQ, um, there have been other acronyms or words that have been brought up to be used, and we can talk a little bit about those. So, one of them that we use a lot is queer, and that's my personal favorite, because it encapsulates everybody in the community. There is also the negative connotation around that, especially with older, like, queer folks, because it has been used as an insult in the past, but has now been reclaimed. So a lot of people don't like that term, and I respect that, and I will not use it around them, or, uh, like, as referring to them. But that is my personal favorite to use, because it doesn't have like specific words in it like um for example there's grsm which a lot of people like which is gender romantic and sexual minorities but there are also people who don't necessarily like the use of minorities because well we are a minority it's also like oh but really how many of us are there (laughs) like we don't really know because a lot of people aren't out um the word minority can also be condescending in a way. So some people use that. Some people use LGBTQ+, LGBT, LGBTQ. Most of them have the same intentions. They're not trying to exclude anybody. There is the use of LGB, which is a transphobic organization. And that one is harmful because it is like outright excluding the T. And just for everyone out there, the word trans is is an umbrella term for anyone who is in the, that community. That includes gender fluid, non-binary, etc. Um, so it does encapsulate everybody. And one more thing, the A in LGBTQIA+, etc. is not for ally, it is for a spectrum. Thank you. So we're going to also talk about um, a lot of lesser known identities, such as identities on the A spectrum, gender fawn and gender fey, demigenders, agender, bigender, and pangender. There's also lesser known sexualities, such as omni, poly, sapio, achio, and abro. We're not going to go fully in depth into these because that's a lot, and they all have very unique definitions and very unique things about them, but just some quick things to talk about. So, agender is basically not really identifying as a gender that um it's it's really bad some people would just prefer not using labels sometimes which yeah of course (laughs) um and then there's bi-gender which is identifying as like two genders um maybe like something in between or like switching between the two kind of so there's that and people who are bi-gender use a lot of different pronouns because it's a wide spectrum so yeah um there's also pangender uh which is like multiple genders uh can revert refer to like a lot of diverse diversity in your gender and demigenders 
refer to somebody who is only partly gen like part of a gender. So if you're a demi boy, you only identify as partly of a boy. If and it's the opposite for demi girl and demi gender as a whole is just a, a gender identity that involves feeling partial but on full connection to a particular gender identity. And it's often like it's it's kind of just like in the middle of demi boy and demi girl. And gender fawn and gender fay um, is a type of gender fluidity that is similar to like being a demi boy or a demi girl, but it's so gender fawn is you are essentially gender fluid, but on only the masculine and gender neutral side of the spectrum, and gender fay is you're gender fluid but only on the feminine and gender neutral side of the spectrum. Um, and there's also a big with sexualities. There's a big spectrum with like um, being ace so like there's asexual which is no sexual attraction there's like gray or like gray sexual which is um partial sexual attraction there's ace flux which is like sexuality fluctuating a lot and demisexual which is no sexual attraction to like a strong bond is formed with somebody and you know it can also go for romantic attraction with the a spectrum so yeah yeah all the all the a spectrum identities can also be uh, romantic attraction identities so if you identify as gray sexual you can also identify as gray romantic and the same goes for all of them um, some other sexualities that I can just go through really quickly um, there's omni which is people can recognize the gender of potential partners but they like all genders so it's similar to pan but pan well they're so pan people are gender blind whereas omni people are not uh, polysexual is when you're sexually attracted to multiple genders, but not all. This is not to be confused with polyamorous, which is you c you are okay with being in relationship with multiple people. Um, there's sapiosexual, which is someone who finds intelligence sexually attractive or arousing. Achio, when a person experiences sexual attraction, but their feelings fade if they're reciprocated. And abrosexual, which is having different levels of sexual or romantic attractions throughout your life. Uh, for romantic attractions, it would be abromantic. Um, and it's very important to recognize these identities because there are people who identify them with them, even though those are a lot smaller than um, some like more prominent identities. And one probably reason why there's a lot of people who don't identify with these is because they don't know they exist. I recently found out that they, a lot of them do exist, and it's been very eye-opening for me in discovering my own sexuality and gender. Um, we would also just like to add that these are not all the genders and sexualities. These are just some of the ones. There's so many more out there, and if you didn't hear a certain gender sexuality that we talked about that maybe you identify with, we're not trying to exclude you. There are many more, but we don't like have the time to go in-depth into all of them. And um. Don't be like, I know this is so much easier said than done, but don't feel too scared to like experiment with lesser known identities because some people do really like to get really specific with labels and stuff. It's not a bad thing. It's really, really good. And whatever makes you feel comfortable is good. It, it doesn't do any harm to anybody as long as it's not something like obviously really offensive. It doesn't do any harm to anybody. So don't be scared to get specific with your labels. <laughs> Yeah, of course. It's also okay to not really have any labels. Like, you don't need to have labels. They're dumb. 
Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, I find gender labels to be kind of validating and affirming because it's like, oh, there are other people who have the same gender experiences as me. But some people disagree. And I find that sexuality labels can feel restricting and can often be anxiety inducing. So uh, like if I identified as a gay man and I realize I liked a woman, it would probably cause a lot of stress for me. But then there are some people who really like like the labels and that's both sides are okay and perfectly valid yeah it all just it all varies from person to person it's whatever gender and sexuality is whatever you want it to be so yeah (laughs) yeah all right i think that wraps it up you can do more research on um more identities that we didn't really talk about as much because they do exist um and on to our news So, as some of you may know, transgender people who change their name, gender, and pronouns officially have a hard time getting everything with the correct name and gender, etc. This can be especially hard for those who have published works, such as in the research field. If a trans person had their dead name on something they published before they changed their name, it could take months or even years to change this, according to an NBC News article. This is a big issue, and in an attempt to change this, Berkeley Lab coordinated a new partnership among all of the U.S. national labs, other publishers, and organizations in the scientific publishing field that will, quote, streamline the name change request process in past published papers for researchers. That's a tongue twister. This means that if somebody needs to change their name, they can go to one of the 17 U.S. labs for help, and they'll pursue the name change. This may seem like a small accomplishment, but it's helpful and important for more than one reason. Having a consistent name among public works is important to ensure that people who don't want to come out to the public don't have to while still feeling comfortable. It's also important because trans voices need to be uplifted and heard, and people seeing this issue solved helps to motivate trans workers to have their issues solved as well, and helps assure people who want to work in these specific fields that they can feel comfortable and safe in their environment. Also, just as like a general thing, I think that, you know, kind of with um, as time goes on, people are becoming more accepting, I think, just like, yeah, in general. And, you know, pronouns have been like more people have been recognizing that, like, you should ask for people's pronouns, um, which is really good for people who um want to be out and mm-hmm. have like specific pronouns so some workplaces um, require you to publicly have your pronouns like i've read that some workplaces like they not only like are you allowed to like have a tag with your pronouns on it some places require it so that no one's getting misgendered um yeah so just in general especially with back to school um just being able to you know, have the opportunity for somebody to ask you your pronouns is honestly, like, it can be really nice. Um, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So this is just no, one fine. small step in a small community, really. Um, but it's also just a, it's also just a large step for the trans community because people are seeing that things can be changed, even if it's only affecting a, like, minuscule group of people. Like, in, in the, like, even if it's only affecting uh a minuscule group of people directly it's like also just affecting all the trans community indirectly by just uh the fact that people know that their voices can be heard and their voices are being heard um so for our story we have our lovely lovely co-host kate who's (laughs) going to tell an amazing story 
Um, yeah, so I've experimented with labels a lot. I feel like I've said this in the past. And when I was first like figuring out my gender identity, um, I had confined it, confided to a friend of mine about like the trouble I was facing with my gender. I had no clue what pronouns to use or what gender I was. I just knew that I wasn't like a girl. I'd cycled through, I had cycled through some of the pronouns, like I've cycled through he, she, and I'm using they at the moment. And I've cycled through a lot of more common genders with just like gender fluid, identifying as a man and being non-binary. Um, and at the moment I'm using the non-binary label, but um, when I didn't feel like a super specific connection with any like general gender identities, I tried out the label of by gender and using like he, they and they pronouns um and because of this new experiment i had to you know i felt like i had to talk to my friend about it um which wasn't a pleasant experience um they reacted pretty bitterly and obviously didn't like that i had been using a lesser known label with bi gender um which made me feel like pretty invalid in my identity and i like scratched it immediately and i haven't really told anybody else about it that i'm like no irl um and i'm like still playing around with my identity but because of the person's reaction i'm hesitant to try out lesser known labels so basically the moral of the story is don't be one of those people who um <laughs> picks on like lesser known labels or like yeah. thinks they're weird or whatever so yeah hashtag don't be that guy yeah <laughs> uh i think that that is great like you're thank you for sharing that um, and surprise, surprise, we have two stories today, because I'm also going to talk. Crazy, I know. Um, so I've had a lot of, like, experiences with exploring my gender identity. I think for the last, like, four years, almost, I've been experimenting with my gender identity and my sexuality. Um, and I, so I used to identify as a lesbian, and... I realized, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not a girl. So that had to change, and that's also kind of where my, almost, not really hatred, but just dislike towards labels came in, is because I liked the label lesbian and made me feel good, but I also hated it because it had association with femininity, and I, I didn't like that. And I also, I wasn't sure if I actually did like envies and masculine people, so it was very hard for me to stick to that one label that was very direct towards just women. So I experimented with other labels. I experimented with bisexual, polysexual, and pansexual. And I identified as pansexual for a large portion of like my sexuality um, exploration. Because I was like, oh, well, I'm feminine leading, but I do like masculine people sometimes. Um... But I decided to drop all the sexuality labels because I realized I don't really know if that's true and I don't really like feeling constricted to that because what if I realize, oh, I do actually recognize people's genders. So even though I could possibly feel attraction towards more than one gender, I, I do recognize that I like a certain gender. Gender labels, on the other hand, I feel more comforted in. And I've also had my time like figuring out those. There was a time where I identified as a trans guy and then just as non-binary and I was looking into some other like lesser known labels when I found gender fawn, which I personally identify with now. 
I usually tell people that I'm non-binary because a lot of people don't know what gender fun means. But if I'm confronted with like other queer people, then I often tell them I'm gender fun and kind of explain what that means. So just as a refresher, we talked about this a little earlier, but it means that I am like kind of gender fluid on the masculine and um, like and, uh, the masculine and gender neutral side of the gender spectrum. So some days I'll be feeling more like neutral and sometimes I'll be feeling way more masculine or somewhere in between. But I'll never really identify with anything feminine, like any feminine gender. Um, and I, I refrain from telling people this because most people like don't know what it means. Um, and a lot of times I don't want to get in that much of a conversation. I also use they, them pronouns and some neo pronouns, but I do not use he, him ever because it doesn't make me feel comfortable. And I feel like a lot of people, if they hear that I am, uh, I sometimes feel very masculine, they'll be like, oh, well, why don't you use he, him some of the time? Um, I just like to say that gender doesn't equal pronouns and I don't feel comfortable in he and pronouns even though sometimes I feel like a boy sometimes I feel like a guy I don't feel comfortable using he and pronouns and I think it's important that people recognize that and it's also just one of the reasons I don't like telling people about that is because I feel like they'll ask too many questions that I don't feel like answering well I do like questions sometimes I'm not in the mood for it and it's also just not good to like drill people about that so if someone's like oh i'm gender fallen it's valid to ask oh what does that mean but then if you keep going on and you're like oh well why don't you use he him pronouns or oh do you never use she her or just just more invasive questions like that um well they're definitely valid to ask i think it's also pronouns don't equal gender and you need to be aware of that before you go and ask all these intrusive questions i also identify as asexual so i'm complicated I have experimented with asexuality a lot because it kind of occurred to me, especially more recently, like, oh, wait, there's more than just romantic attraction. There's also sexual attraction. And I, I couldn't ever imagine myself in a sexual relationship, which is kind of what led me to think, oh, maybe I'm on the A spectrum. And I identified as gray sexual for a while because like, oh, maybe, maybe one day I'll feel sexual attraction. But just more and more, it's been brought up, and I've realized I can never see myself in that kind of situation. So that's where I realized, oh, I'm probably asexual. And that's a lot, I think if you're also questioning sexuality and whether you're allosexual or on the asexual spectrum, it can be good to think about, like, put yourself in the shoes of, like, a scenario. Like, oh, would I ever imagine myself in a sexual relationship? Would I ever think I could possibly have sexual attraction? And also, things change. You could identify as asexual now and not later, and that's totally cool. My sexuality and gender have changed so much, it, I can't even count at this point. My thoughts are, if you use, like, lesser-known labels, um, I know it can be, like, hard, especially with, like, what you were saying with, like, not feeling comfortable telling some people. Like, it's hard, so if you do use them, just know that, like, it's you're strong for that like you're cool for that because it can be really difficult <laughs> especially yeah, i agree and like people who use lesser known labels get so much hate for it because it's like oh well like you just want to be special blah 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 like whatever you're just it's, like, being really... quirky just to yeah flow with the trends it's like no no we're and not it's... we just want like a more specified label because we don't feel comfortable with the labels that people are using 
and it's so it's just it's so rude like honestly i hate it um so don't be that person don't be making fun or like trying to invalidate people's genders and sexualities because it's not your place literally yeah. hashtag don't be that guy part two electric <laughs> boogaloo <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's just very important to understand people and just not judge them. Well, there are like people do make up like genders and they'll be like, oh, I identify as an attack helicopter. It don't like they're just being hateful. And I think you need to recognize that there are people who are just trying to be rude and like say they're identify as like an attack helicopter. And there's people who genuinely like have different gender gender identities than other people and there are people who might identify as a demi boy you never know uh so just be respectful of everybody else it's very important that you are respectful and just be like empathetic too like i said before it's valid to ask questions but also think about how you would feel if you were just telling your gender identity and someone was like asking you a thousand questions. So be empathetic, be respectful and be nice. Be yeah. kind, everybody. Be and kind. also like, it's okay to cycle through a lot of different labels. Yeah. Like, I think it's a normal thing, honestly, for people to- Figuring out your gender identity normal. and sexuality is really normal. Like, like going through many phases is normal. Yeah, and like, if you feel like they're will one... use the like, oh, it's just a phase thing. And yeah, they might be right. It might be just a phase. And that's totally okay. Like yeah, I had like... a friend who identifies as straight now. He identified as gay and it it's totally cool. And if you're the other way around, like it's also cool. Like it's okay. Even if you aren't queer, it's okay to explore your sexuality. Yeah. And your Honestly, identity. like it can be scary to like feel like you're one thing and not be it and like having told your friends and like been in that identity for a while but it's you'll get through it and it's important yeah. to be just like who you are and it's going to make you yeah it better. can be especially hard to like come out multiple times and it, i think it's just if you were anybody because anybody can come out to you whether you're queer or not um just understand that oh yeah things might change so like be comfortable with that if you need, do need to come out multiple times like maybe you identify as a girl and now you identify as a guy and then wait actually identify as envy now and you need to tell people that that's okay and everyone needs to understand this yeah because it's yeah. very valid and it happens people aren't stuck to one thing and as other people you need to understand that you need to understand that people change things change people have like feelings and those feelings might not be what happens later in life and if you're going to be upset about that then that's on you not on them yeah seriously if somebody is not accepting of your gender like or like sexuality or, or anything you should just like drop them honestly it's not worth your time yeah, you just drop them people who you. <laughs> that sounds but that's easier said than done because I know that some people are really good friends, but they might be homophobic. And it's hard to, like, balance, oh, should I keep them because they're a really good friend, but they are homophobic. And in my opinion, if they're homophobic, they're not a good friend. Because later down the line, if you, because you probably will need to come out to them, like, if you are queer, mm -hmm. and they're not going to be there for you anymore, mm -hmm. then it might be easier to drop them now. But it's also, 
things it's your life like you do you man if it's harder it's harder to do than it is said but in general if someone is not accepting you they're not a good friend yeah and they're not going to be good in your life and it's going to make your life a lot harder down the line or if you like if you have to be connected to them just try and space yourself away from them as much as possible i guess just try and get away from them (laughs) yeah or you could if you're the like proactive type you could try and explain to them why they shouldn't be that way like why they shouldn't be homophobic or transphobic and why they should be more accepting and you never know they might listen and if they don't listen drop them (laughs) because they're ignorant (laughs) um anyway i think we can go on to our finisher which is a little like fun fun thing um you might have seen this before uh we didn't copy this i came up with these on the fly but so if some are similar to whatever you've seen that's because it's the same sexualities so we're going to be using cake to describe your sexuality because they it can be hard to understand and cake is delicious yeah. in my opinion and <laughs> if you don't agree then screw you <laughs> i'm just joking you can have opinions but still cake is delicious so it is really good First of all, there's asexual, which is just, I do not like cake. It's very simple. And there's gray asexual, which is, I usually don't like cake, but sometimes cake is good. And demisexual, which can be a little more complicated, and it's not always the same. But in general, it can be, I like certain kinds of cake after I get used to them. Or sometimes it's, like- it's I, there's certain kinds of cake that I like that I just don't know about yet. It can be either or. I feel like another one for demisexual can just be like, I like certain kinds of cake after I've like been around them for a while or I've been looking at them yeah. for a while. <laughs> there's multiple, yeah, there's multiple ways to eat your cake when you're demisexual. Yeah. Um, if you're phrasexual, then you like cake, but if you have a type of cake often and you're learning how the cake tastes, then you may start to dislike the cake. Um, Ace flux is sometimes I really love cake, sometimes I hate cake, and sometimes cake is just okay. Or it can be anywhere in between, it, it changes. I might like a certain kind of cake, and sometimes I hate all cake. It really just depends, it depends on the mood. I mean, or not even yeah. just the mood, it just depends on like... It just depends on how you're feeling. Yeah. And everyone needs to understand that, yeah, maybe you liked cake yesterday, but today you don't want to eat cake and everyone needs to understand that today you don't want to eat cake exactly and they need it's to respect that and they need to also respect that they can't get mad and say oh well you didn't want cake yesterday so why do you want cake today seriously and yeah. if someone asks if you want cake and you say i don't know then that's valid because you don't know and that's not just being like if you genuinely don't know you're not just being dismissive and rude you genuinely don't know and that's mm-hmm. okay um, aqueosexuals, cake sounds pretty cool, but if you give me cake, I don't really want it anymore. It might gross you out. It might just, you decide you don't want cake, or you feel like you don't want cake. And that's very valid, and it happens. Um, and reciprosexual is cake sounds really terrible, and I don't like cake, until you give it to me. Because once I see that delicious, delicious cake, then yeah, I'll probably want it. Because it looks really good. Um, and that's all the... Uh, a spectrum sexualities that we have to describe with cake. Um, Who knows? Like there might be more. Um, it really, um, it really varies. Uh, and 
yeah. <laughs> Just because we, I mean, like, there might be more sexualities. Yeah, there's definitely more, like, there's definitely more sexualities. Just another heads up, uh, we didn't list every single sexuality or every single gender. We listed a couple, and we we just, we can't list everything. It's it's impossible to list everything in the, without taking a long time, and it's impossible to go that in-depth into everything. And you can do more research on your own about these, so if anything sounded like it might resonate with you, then I suggest looking it up and maybe doing some more research. Yeah. So I think that's all for today. This has been a little bit of a shorter episode, and we'll try and get a longer one out next time. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Please, please, please share this. So, like, please share this. It would mean the world to so many people and to us if you shared it. And fill out the response form. We've been getting so many good responses. It's so amazing. We love hearing all your feedback. And it also shows that we're reaching people who, like, actually need to listen to this podcast. We're not only reaching the, like, queer people who already know about all this. I mean, the queer people who already know about this are also amazing. And we (laughs) love you. We love you. And we love the people who aren't queer and who are willing to learn. So that is also great. So fill out the response form so we know who's listening. And we know how to make it better. And we know, like, we know how to improve the podcast as well. So thank you, everybody. I hope you all have a great day. And goodbye. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. (laughs) Bye.